Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Mitch Light appears today on our guest line. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. The news today presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-based injury law firm. Sutherland and Belk is committed to fighting for those who have been injured in car, motorcycle, and truck accidents. Check them out at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt has pulled out of the Mohegan Sun basketball tournament. Commodores were supposed to play this week. First game was supposed to be against Connecticut. Second game against either BYU or USC. No note on when the season will resume. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile, Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spa-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care. Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Mitch Light joins us. He is a college football editor at The Athletic, a good friend and a longtime friend to the podcast. Mitch, thanks for joining us today. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that your family's doing well. We're doing great. Thanks, Chris. And all, all good. Mitch, it has been one heck of a week. Let's talk about the coaching situation. Were you surprised that it went down with Vanderbilt parting ways with Derek Mason when it did? Um, mildly surprised when it did, I thought, um, and I kind of was shared this with some people that it would happen after this week's game against Georgia. I thought that they would kind of let all the hoopla good and bad of the previous weekend breathe for a little while. Um, and then maybe do it before the Tennessee game. And maybe even Derek Mason coaches the Tennessee game. You see that sometimes when a coach, you know, parts ways, but I kind of applaud Candace for doing it because the sooner the better in this strange year of the early, you know, of of seasons going on into December and the early signing period when it is in a normal season, your, your last, if you have a bad season, your last game is Thanksgiving weekend. And then you can fire the coach after the season. Um, But Candace made it clear that she was very aware of the awkwardness of the overlap between the season and early signing period. So it was a, 
a difficult time for them to do it. So um, not surprised it happened. Um, I mean, we can rehash some stuff and do it quickly. You know, all the, all the things that have been said about Derek Mason, you know, doesn't there's no better guys in, in coaching than Derek Mason. Personally, I always had great experience. He treated me with respect in my job as a sideline reporter. Um, just didn't get it done. The results last couple of years weren't good enough. And um, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Chris, you know, his sub, couple of his good teams were good and could have been better. Like if you look at, I'm making this argument. I know I might uh, step on some stuff we're going to talk about later, but for the people out there that say that Vanderbilt, I, I agree Vanderbilt needs to do something different to some degree, but that there's people out there that say, oh, you have to run the option at Vanderbilt. Well, to be competitive. I disagree with that because if obviously James Franklin's teams were more than competitive and didn't run the option, but Derek Mason's two good teams just played conventional football. And I'm looking for the numbers right here, but his, his 2016 team, I think went three and five in the league, lost four league games by seven points or fewer. So the point being, he came close to some, some good teams, some really good teams. The, the big point I was making the problem was his bad teams were really, really bad. It, it, there was no in-between. In the last two years and in the last year, uh, Vanderbilt was the worst team in the country as far in, in re relative to its own conference in yards per play differential, you know, how many yards you gain per play and how many yards your opponent gains. So, And then this year's a lot going on with this year's team with COVID and stuff, but just alarmingly uncompetitive is the word I use. So I think it had to be done. Um, and again, Eric Mason did good things, but seven years is a long time when for, for, for both parties when neither side, when, when you don't have a winning record. So that's my, my very long winded answer. I, well, you know what, hold it there because we've got a lot of questions in the mailbag that I will get to. And then I will ask you some questions within these. Our mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan, Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of your insurance needs. Call him today at 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshuminthonhq or facebook.com forward slash jdminthonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about the podcast and his business here. Okay, this is, I think, the question that a lot of the other things we're going to talk about stem from. Theodore 8, you knew you could sign any of them. What is your order of preference between Clark Lee, Jamie Chadwell, and Will Healy? And by the way, I, I think that Vanderbilt can get any of these guys, so I'm going to let you have at it there. Yeah, that's a great question. I just got off the phone with my dad who was asking me. I, I, I'll say this, that I, and I think you agree with me, I think Vanderbilt's in a great spot right now. I, You know, there's a few that I would just balk at that have been mentioned, but I think this is as good of a candidate pool as I can remember Vanderbilt having for any major coaching search. And now none of these guys are guaranteed. Obviously they all have positive. They all have flawed. We, we don't have to go over that. Derek Mason on paper was probably a better candidate than James Franklin on paper. And we know how those things worked out, but <clears throat> I will say like going back and I know it's a different sport, like different years just have different candidate pools, just the, the, the ebb and flow of the hiring and, and how all that happens. Like, Part of the reason that I was sort of, you know, on board with Jerry Stackhouse being maybe sort of outside the box was because, quite frankly, I don't – we can go back and revisit that because I didn't love the candidate pool that year, like kind of the mid-major, the guys that were people were talking about. I think it's the complete opposite this year. 
I would be more than pleased. Those three guys you mentioned, gun to my head, I'd probably go Chadwell, Healy, Lee. Uh, I think Lee's third. I think I think the world of him from what I know. Um, but the lack of head coaching experience would be my only concern. Um, I don't subscribe to the. He's too similar to Derek Mason, a defensive coordinator at a, uh, you know, quote unquote smart school. I think Derek Mason did a great job at Stanford, but I don't think was ready, not ready. He just wasn't equipped to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. I don't think, or head coach anywhere. He came in and said some things like, you know, the talent level here is better than Stanford and expected to compete for the sec East in year one. And just said some things like that. That you just, you don't say is the first year, well, you know, you know what I'm getting at. And, you know, we, we know the struggles of his first year and the staff there. So I think Clark Lee, from what I've read is more equipped to move into a head coaching role, but I think all three of those, guys would be uh at least from a hiring standpoint i don't say home runs but i'd be very pleased with any of the three okay i want to get into jamie chadwell's offense and this is where some thoughts that you and i have had over the years on coaches at vanderbilt intersect you have not been against the idea of the triple option for reasons that schematically it is difficult to defend I think that's a fair representation of, of your point of view. And by the way, I'm not done. I just want you to answer that part. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking up because I did I did some. I, I've you know don't want to respond to everything I've seen on Twitter, but people say you know Army and Navy they do fine, but who have they beaten? Well, in, in theory, you have athletes than Army and Navy, like in Georgia Tech. Okay, is, is the ACC as good as the SEC? No, it's not, but it's comparable and. Paul Johnson went 51 and 37 in the ACC with four division titles in 11 years, 500 or better in the ACC, all but one year. I mean, obviously, Vanderbilt fans would sign up for that in a heartbeat in the AC, in the SEC. So if you say, okay, the SEC is better, and Vanderbilt doesn't have the history of Georgia Tech and isn't going to get you know whatever, I get that. So so take two thirds of that success. Vanderbilt would sign up for that in a heartbeat. So I am not anti-option. I'm not. They have to go option because that's the only way they can succeed. I think you get the best coach. I I think there are enough worthy candidates this year that I would not run the that I would not hire a triple option coach. And that's why I think Chadwell's attractive. But now now your turn. Well, I was gonna say there are layers to this, right? Because I agree with everything you said, but this is a little different era now. You have seven on seven stuff. Um if you say, hey, we're running a triple option, that eliminates a certain pool of players, a pretty large pool of players who might want to play for you. But when you run it like Jamie Chadwell does, where they throw the ball in terms of yardage more than they run it, that seems to me to be a marriage of two great worlds. You can maybe do some things with a scheme that people aren't prepared for, but also be appealing to everybody at the same time. And I think if you can do that well, maybe that's a tough needle to thread. But speaking from an ideological standpoint, I think that's a pretty good way to go. Exactly. And and I said this probably multiple times on, your, on this podcast, but I, I think in 2014 was in Charleston Southern, they ran probably more strict option than he's doing now. But I loved that offense he ran at Charleston Southern, the team that almost beat Vanderbilt in Derek Mason's first year. I think it was like 23-21. And I've been watching Jamie Chadwell ever since. Um, so, yeah, I, if you would have told me at any point that Vanderbilt could run an option offense that threw the ball a lot, I'd be like, sign me up because <laughs> I love the option. And you know, like you said, shows the versatility there. Now, you, you, it's harder to find the right quarterback in an option offense that throws the ball that well. 
you know, I'll say that. Um, but I would trust that he would have the, and I think he's shown this in his career and any good offensive coach has the scheme flexibility. You don't just come in and say, I'm running this offense. That's the thing about Paul Johnson too. Earlier in his career, I'd have to look this up, but he was the offensive coordinator of Hawaii. And I think he ran like a version of the run and shoot. So most offensive coaches are pretty smart. They might have their system, but they have flexibility. They can run different things. Mitch, the next one. Well, there's a lot of good ones here. Columbia Autodor says thoughts on Lance Leopold with Buffalo and Charles Huff with Alabama. I don't know that those guys are going to be at the top of the list. I, I've said for a while, I, I tend to think that they are going to settle somewhere in the Clark Lee, Jamie Chadwell, Will Healy pool. I, I would take that towards versus the field, but I don't think those guys are bad options at all either if they go there. No, I have been a Lance Leopold fan, uh, you know, since he took the job at Buffalo. Was, was it Wisconsin Whitewater? I forgot, you know, he won like an absurd amount, like seven national titles in his Buffalo is extremely good, probably the best program in the MAC right now. That's not a, that's not a, obviously not an easy place to win. Um, Huff, I remember him well from when he was at Vanderbilt. He was only at Vanderbilt for one year, James Franklin's uh, first year. Then he left to go to the Buffalo Bills. So he's bounced around. My concern about him, he's never been a coordinator. He's especially he's been a special teams coordinator at Penn State. So the running game coordinator at at. Mississippi State is the associate head coach at Alabama now. So very well thought of. Great recruiter. Uh, wouldn't be a bad choice, but just the lack of experience right now w- would be the reason I would not hire him. Okay, next one. There's a lot of good ones here. We've only got a little bit of time. Oh, let's see. Besides By the way, Willie Fritz, we can get, we'll go quickly. Yeah, besides Fritz, what other possibility not currently on the radar in news outlets would you like? I think that's how I interpret this question. Um, Sean Lewis, I don't know if you'd call him on the on the radar news outlets. He might be a little too young, but the offensive coordinator at Kent State, uh, talk about winning at Buffalo being difficult. Winning at Kent State is extremely difficult. They are fun to watch. If you've seen them, they got a really good quarterback. And... I don't know if this is a fair statement. There's a lot more that goes into it, but he was the offensive coordinator at um, at uh, Syracuse when they won 10 games, and Syracuse has fallen off since he left. Now, Dino Babers is a good coach, and it's his offense. I, I don't know, again, if that's a fair statement, but Sean Lewis is a guy who's, again, maybe a little too young, but um, uh, probably a little bit off the radar, too. Let's see, this one from VU Sidewalk alum. Do you get the sense that concrete facilities improvements will be announced in conjunction with the announcement of a new coach? It seems that way. I, mean, I have no inside information, just um, the way Candace has been talking. I mean, I have some information. You, you know, you hear things, and I know you've heard things, and we hear things for years and stuff. But the way the timing of all this and the way Candace is talking about, uh, you know, selling Vanderbilt to a new coach as well. Uh, It seems like something is coming, but again, I I don't have any really concrete information about that. Yeah, I think that that's not the most far-off theory. Theodore 8 says, what sense do you have that things will actually change under the new chancellor, Daniel Deermeyer? Um, You know, I just, my approach has always been not just... um, Sorry, I got distracted by something. Not It's... um, just kind of trust someone or believe in someone until they, I don't think they're 
you know, good enough to get the job done, if that made sense. Like I ended up not thinking Bryce Drew was a really good coach. I don't think he was a good X's and O's coach. I went in thinking, okay, let's give him a shot. I thought he was a good hire. I think he's going to do well. So I guess my way of saying it is I'll give the new chancellor a chance to prove himself wrong. I don't go into it saying just because other people did this, I'm going to hold it against him. Um, heard good things about him. He's said he, he wants the athletic department to be good. Um, so we'll find out. I mean, I very fair question. I get it. I just, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I, I kind of trust someone until they, they, they prove us wrong, prove me wrong, prove themselves wrong, I guess is the way I should say it. The U Titans asks, do you think the new coach will be in place by December the 10th? Um, what's today's date? Uh, 10th is pushing it. I, I think it, I think it could be done in two weeks, two or three weeks. Um, I think they were very proactive with their recruits and seems to be some pretty good feedback so far that a lot of guys are staying on board, at least until they hire the new coach. Um, there's, there's uh, one thing that we haven't really talked about. There's certain with this weird year, like coastal Carolina's got a game this week and how much longer teams are playing. Charlotte's season has been all screwed up. Um, with COVID and stuff like that. So there's a timing factor, not that you can't name a coach and, and he could do double duty like we've seen happen and stuff. So I think they want to move quickly. VU Matt 23 says, um, can you estimate the likelihood that certain assistants could return under a new coach, namely the coordinators, Javon Hay, uh, Horton, or Rosamondo? You know, that's a that's a good question. I I don't think you can really go into a hire telling someone to hire uh, that you should retain someone. Um, You can say, hey, Javon Hay is um, a defensive lineman, defensive line coach who we think has done a good job. He's an alum, loves the place, wants to be here. He's a guy you should look at. You, You know, James Franklin retained Herb Hand or as Herb likes to say, he wasn't retained. He was hired, rehired by James Franklin. So. Uh, you know, I, I think I've liked what I've seen from Todd Fitch for the most part. Rosamondo's done a good job, but a new coach has his guys. And you, there could be a situation where the coach you hire, his his best assistance is an offensive line coach. So then Rosamondo doesn't have a place. Or it could be where he, this head coach thinks his weakest assistant is the offensive line coach, and then that works out well. So I think there's definitely a chance that some guys um, are retained, but it's too early to say who that might be. Let's see. I'm going to go with one more here. There's a lot of good ones, and we're running short on time because I've got to go to a press conference. So let's go with this one. Oh, here's the one I wanted to ask. View Perrier says, if we're looking to hire a head coach with big-time SEC and or Power 5 winning records, Hugh Freeze has to absolutely be considered at the top and his past transgressions thrown out the window. He will win big at Vanderbilt and everyone deserves a second chance. Agree or disagree? Disagree. I, I don't think you hire a coach who had – I don't I'm, – I'm not going to say I don't care about his marital issues or whatever. Like, the guy cheated. He was caught by the NCAA and I just – I don't care if you're Vanderbilt. I mean, well, I'm speaking this from a Vanderbilt standpoint. I don't. Hugh Freeze might deserve a second chance. I wouldn't give it to him if I were Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think he's got his perfect second chance. I'm with you. I don't hate Hugh Freeze or anything, uh, but boy, that's and I believe in second chances too. But I'm I'm not. I don't know. They're just. I don't think that's a train I want to jump on right now for a lot of reasons. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's a great coach. I was always an advocate of Hugh Freeze, like when Ole Miss hired him. I did a lot of digging into his background, you know, his success at his previous stops, and great coach. I don't think he's the right coach for Vanderbilt. Mitch, any final thoughts before we end the podcast today? And also, please give out your Twitter handle and anything you'd like to promote. Uh, Twitter handle's at Mitch Light, and nothing really, you know, uh, you can keep following the athletic. Joe Rex Road's done a lot of good stuff. Um, in fact, I think today he has a higher Will Healy column, which I know would probably make a lot of Vanderbilt fans uh, please. So we'll see what happens. But no, just, uh, you know, crazy week. Didn't even talk basketball. We can do that next week. And, you know, they might not have played another game based on wh- what's going on with that pause there. So, uh, no, but uh, that's about it, Chris. Mitch, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. All right. Take care, bud. He's yeah. Mitch Light. I'm Chris Lee. Thanks for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast. <laughs>